This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, October 28th. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. The Syngenta Kim China mergers forging ahead, but later than expected. Syngenta kicked off its annual media summit in Cary, North Carolina, by assuring journalists that its proposed union with Kim China is moving forward, if a bit later than originally hoped. The companies have garnered nearly a dozen regulatory approvals, but said this week that because the European Union's review is taking a bit longer than expected, the Chinese company's acquisition won't be finalized until early next year. Syngenta officials also cast doubt on other news reports that the Chinese government wants to merge Kim China with Sinochem, another state-owned Chinese chemical company, which is also active in the ag inputs business. A merger of those two companies could complicate the Kim China Syngenta deal. We talk to Kim China very, very often, and to the best of our knowledge, that's not true, according to Ponze Trisveves, president of Syngenta Seeds. Kim China is not aware of it. Money's not the issue. Trisveves also dismissed reports that Kim China's having trouble financing the acquisition, saying that the bridge financing to complete the transaction is done. The way Syngenta will operate after the acquisition is another issue, she said, one that the two companies will have to discuss once the transaction is complete. On matters closer to the ground level, Tris Veves told the media that financial pressures are causing some farmers to trade down and choose older hybrid seeds that have fewer traits because they're cheaper. We've started to see some growers compromise and move into picking the lowest-priced hybrid within the same class, she said. Dannon provides impetus for new U.S. FRA initiative. The U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance announced a new Straight Talk campaign yesterday, an effort seemingly launched as a result of Dannon's pledge to eliminate GMO feed from its milk-producing cows. The new campaign will seek to bring producers to food company C-Suites to talk about potential ramifications of so-called sustainability initiatives. The National Milk Producers Federation Chairman Randy Mooney told reporters that a similar conversation was attempted with Dannon, but they were just unwilling to listen. To be quite frank, they wanted to go their own direction. They saw this as a better direction for their company, I guess, and they decided to go an opposite way. U.S. FRA CEO Randy Kratz agreed. He said the conversation didn't accurately portray the GMO technology that we use on millions and millions of acres in the country. In this particular case, we felt like the food company got it backwards, Kratz said. But going forward, we really want to have those conversations earlier, and we want to have productive conversations. Moody said the Dannon Pledge served as a, quote, minor tipping point for the U.S. FRA. USDA to announce top B&I lender. USDA Rural Development Undersecretary Lisa Mensa is set to announce the top lender under the Business and Industry Loan Guarantee Program. Greater Nevada Credit Union provided loans of over $120 million in fiscal 16 and even went as far as to create a program within the credit union that specifically worked to accommodate the B&I guarantees. Mensa will make the announcement this morning at the National Rural Lenders Association Conference hosted in the Farmer Mac offices in Washington. Clinton promises to continue the garden. 
with First Lady Michelle Obama looking on at a campaign event yesterday in North Carolina, Hillary Clinton promised to keep the White House garden going if she's elected president. Clinton told the crowd that the First Lady, quote, planted an amazing vegetable garden at the White House, and I can promise you if I win, I will take good care of it, Michelle. NCBA given intervener status on OCM lawsuit. A battle to reveal the contents of some beef checkoff audit reports advanced this week. A federal court will allow the National Cattlemen's Beef Association to review documents and records to look for confidential business information. NCBA can then object to distribution of that material to the Organization for Competitive Markets. Kendall Frazier, NCBA CEO, said in a statement that the group wants to ensure our business records and private staff information stay out of the hands of the HSUS. The Humane Society of the United States is providing pro bono legal help to OCM in the case. As a reminder, OCM has filed a lawsuit to obtain the results of audits of the beef checkoff program. OCM board member Fred Stokes says his group doesn't want any of the NCBA's proprietary information, but we sure are demanding to see how our checkoff funds have been spent by the NCBA, who we feel is responsible for hiding the truth from cattle producers. It's our money. It's our right to know. EPA searching for environmental justice. The agency released the second installment of its Environmental Justice Strategic Plan covering the years 2016 through 2020. Among other things, the agency pledges to make progress on significant national challenges facing minority and low-income communities, including providing safe drinking water, improving air quality, and cleaning up hazardous waste. It also said that in the future it expects to focus on issues of concern to overburdened communities that may warrant attention at the national level, including pesticide impacts on farm workers. Paul Schlegel, Director of Environment and Energy Policy with the American Farm Bureau Federation, said he hasn't studied the document which was released yesterday yet, but said AFBF has no problem with the concept of environmental justice. Everyone deserves environmental justice, he said. We have to wait and see how this promise works itself out in specific policies. A reminder, House Republicans aren't big fans of WOTUS. A new House Oversight Committee report says EPA made no effort to ensure the waters of the U.S. rule was based on sound science. The 181-page majority staff report also said that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers was, quote, cut out of the rule development process, but that the Corps pulled its primary WOTUS staffer off the rule entirely and retaliated against him after he recommended to conduct the analysis. The committee's ranking member, Maryland's Elijah Cummings, said the rule will help protect drinking water for millions of Americans. Avocado Mai. California's Haas avocado growers would face new competition, but U.S. consumers could see some slightly lower prices under a new Agriculture Department proposal to admit imports from Colombia. In its latest market opening move, the Agriculture Department yesterday published for public comment a proposal that Colombia's Haas avocados be admitted into the United States so long as a number of phytosanitary requirements are met. 
a growing U.S. population and growing Hispanic share of the population, greater awareness of the avocado's health benefits, year-round availability of fresh, affordable Haas avocados, and greater disposable income have contributed to the increased demand, according to the department statement. Annual U.S. avocado production over the last decade averaged 206,368 tons, of which California accounted for 87.5%. Well, here's today's He Said It. When something is out there that's outrageously wrong, all of us are going to have to speak up and attack it. That's National Milk Producers Federation Chairman Randy Mooney admitting the USFRA's new approach is a more aggressive methodology than the group has used in the past. Mooney says, but we can't set back any more and let this happen. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, October 28th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.